This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? Good morning. It's Friday, June 5th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. We have two interviews to play for you guys on today's show, and both are along the same lines, and that is players taking back the power, so to speak. And it all made for an extremely busy day on the college football news front Thursday. And I'm not even talking about the factor, including that at least five Alabama players tested positive for COVID-19 per Bama online sources. But what we're going to talk about, we had to backtrack to Wednesday night, late Wednesday, right before bedtime for the night owls. When Within the span of just a few minutes, two players at Marquis schools tweeted their intentions to put a pause on football activities. The case of Florida State is easily the most notable, and it drew a lot of headlines on Thursday. Star defensive tackle Marvin Wilson took exception to an interview new head coach Mike Norvell did with The Athletic earlier in the week in which he had said he had had direct back-and-forth conversations with each of his players regarding the events of the last two weeks. And that's, of course, the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis and the nationwide protests and discourse we have seen since. And the, the key operative words here are direct back-and-forth conversation. Wilson said that was not the case, quote, tweeting the Athletics interview and saying, man, this did not happen. We got a generated text that was sent to everybody. There was no one-on-one talk between us and coach. This is a lie, and me and my teammates as a whole are outraged, and we will not be working out until further notice. And that led to absolute chaos Thursday morning. The Seminoles called a team meeting. We were tracking every move of it, and eventually things got smoothed out. Players got back to working out, and some action items even were put into place And we're going to get to that here in a minute. Norvell issued a statement Thursday afternoon, a few hours after the meeting wrapped, saying he was proud of Wilson for using his voice. He wanted to clear up and apologize for his use of every player, saying he sent a direct message to each of his players, yes, for an opportunity for a conversation. And many of them, or a few of them, followed up on that with him. So we're going to get to all of that with Josh Newberg of Knowles 24-7 in just one moment. But... Setting the stage as well, because after Josh's interview, we're going to get to Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, because down in Austin, Texas, 10 minutes before Marvin Wilson's tweet, we saw junior Longhorn receiver Brennan Eagles, a former top recruit who's the team's leading returning pass catcher, posting a long message on Instagram about racial injustice and questioning whether athletes, whether athletics should even be on anybody's mind right now. And he said at the end of his message, I quote, At the end of the day, I'm not going to play another snap knowing what's going on in our society due to color and the system being broken. I just can't, unquote. Unlike Florida State, that situation has much less clarity at the moment 
and it will be something to track, not just in Austin, but across the country. So let's get to Josh Newberg of Knowles 247 about his day on the beat. Okay, bringing in Josh Newberg right now. Josh, you probably didn't go to bed last night expecting to be this busy on a Thursday, but my goodness, there has been a lot of drama in your neck of the woods. You ain't lying. So the way Knowles 24-7 works is me and Brendan wake up early and then Chris Knee kind of takes the night shift. So um, naturally, since I wake up early, I go to bed early. Went to bed last night about 10-15, you know, and like I normally do, I get up 5-15, 5-30, go use the restroom, come out, check my phone and holy crap. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I saw it. It didn't look good. Um, Marvin Wilson, you know, and, and, and to kind of rewind it a little bit, um, Tayshawn Reed of The Athletic put something out that evening. Uh, he's working on a larger story, and he put out a quote, a direct quote from Mike Norvell that Marvin Wilson took issue with. And it was hard to decipher at first when I first saw it. Like, is this, was this shoddy reporting? No, it was not. I, I looked into it. No, it definitely was not. Um, reading the quotes from Mike Norvell, I could see where Marvin Wilson had an issue. And um, once the sun came up, it, it things didn't necessarily calm down. So I saw it right before going to bed. I stayed up unusually late last night over here in Central Time. And when I saw it, 12, 15 it yeah, yeah. And so when I saw it, I, I, I was talking to the 24-7 sports guys in Slack, and I was like, someone take a screenshot. Because in the past, Josh, we've all seen players mm-hmm. you know, do that thing where they're going to say something that's going to get headlines and then delete their tweet. Right. But I knew it was going to wake up, and I and I think it's a testament to the moment we're living in and the sort of power that players are, are holding now where, where Marvin Wilson doesn't delete the tweet. And in fact, it spurs this, this crazy day of team meetings, of outreach, of doubling down on messages. And so I thought for Marvin Wilson's sake, that was pretty cool because in the past, and a year ago, that's a message that gets tweeted out late at night and gets deleted by morning, but instead it probably I'm imagining sent Florida state's coaching coaching staff and its administrators. And of course it's message board users into an absolute tailspin. So tell me what happened. You see the message or you mm-hmm. see the tweet, things are going crazy and Florida state, I guess assembles a, 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 a team meeting. A in team person? meeting. Yes. So take it from there. We, we confirm at about eight 30 in the morning that Florida state is, is going to conduct a team meeting. Not a players-only meeting, but a team meeting. I'm not sure if the entire coaching staff was there or if it was just Mike Norvell and the team, but um, moments before the 9 a.m. start was to happen, there was a report on Twitter from a a former player, not necessarily a media member, but a former player saying there's a boycott of the meeting, which you're hoping, if you're an FSU fan, that, okay, let's wake up in the morning, let's discuss it, it's a misunderstanding, Let's clear it up and move on. But then you hear the the rumors of a boycott. So, you know, our message board was lit up. Um, fortunately, those those rumors were wrong. And the entire team did meet. Um, the meeting went clear past 10 o'clock. Uh, I spoke to a source, a player's parent, at about 10.15. And their son had just left the meeting, was still in the athletic building. Um, but it sounded like it went well. And then... In the hours after that, we started seeing players pour onto social media um, with positive messages of unity with them and the coaches. One of the things that Marvin Wilson said that the players were going to boycott their workouts. 
And one of the first tweets we started seeing was guys in the weight room tweeting that they're back, they're working. So Florida State still hasn't released, you know, as we tape this in the afternoon. Um, it's been about 16 hours since 17 hours since the Marvin Wilson tweet and Florida State has not publicly commented yet. I think that's the last step in the process here. What is the what's the word on what Mike Norvell said in the team meeting? Um, and what's the message with that? Did I'm, I'm, I'm imagining, Josh, that he, mm-hmm. he copped to to to, I guess, lying or embellishing the the, the the nature of the conversations. But I'm guessing here he didn't sit here and like if the statement does come out or, or at least the message going forward is probably, yeah, I was wrong rather than like much, much ado about nothing, I think. Right. Right. Um, Marvin Wilson came out and said just recently, I'm reading this on Knowles 24 seven right now. um, He said that they got what they wanted. What does that mean? So, so during the conversation, yes, we, I've, I've been told that there was an apology. I don't believe that the entire hour and 15 minutes of this meeting was about the, the actual wording of what Mike Norvell said. Um, when you, when you talk about what Marvin Wilson wanted, um, I think the majority of that meeting was about action. It wasn't about apologizing because Marvin Wilson came out and you guys can read the, the bulk of this on Knowles 24 seven, but he made three main points. One was he wants everybody on the team going forward, registered to vote. Um, he wants to do and set up different fundraisers and things that help give money to organizations in the area. And he also wants to do more fundraisers for the kids in Tallahassee as well. So um, it sounds like, you know, not only did they hash out the wording, but they formulated a plan to move forward with this as a team. And I think that's a positive step. I love that Marvin Wilson interview. It's about three and a half minutes long. It's on his Instagram page. Again, we've got coverage of it up online. He talks about, he's like, look, I want to in a year be able to go out and to these impoverished communities and I've got tattoos on my arm and maybe I'll be wearing a chain or some earrings, but I'm going to tell them, look, I'm an, I'm a millionaire. I'm an educated millionaire because he'll be uh, you know first round pick next year in the draft. And I look just like you. And I think that's a really cool message. And I think it's really cool in all of this to see Marvin Wilson, one of college football's best players, finding his voice. I kind of want to jump back a little bit to this morning, the craziness. Mm -hmm. I saw a tweet from you. You said you're making calls, talking with people. You, you, You never thought this was something that Mike Norvell would lose his job over, which a job he just recently got but there was a mess to clean up right now. I want to stick on that something to lose a job over because there's the, the last few years in Tallahassee from the, from an outsider perspective, Josh, it just felt like an absolute mess. Jimbo Fisher, that exit, Willie Taggart lasted two seasons. Now you've got Mike Norvell majorly putting his foot in his mouth at best before they've even played a game. Is this a fractured locker room even maybe before yesterday? I don't think it's a fractured locker room, Trey. I think it's more of the fact that this team's been through three three coaches in, in three years at this point. And I think there was a level of trust, you know, with Jimbo, definitely. The, the team had trust in Jimbo until he left them. <laughs> so that knocks their trust down a little bit. And then, you know, they they really gave in to Willie Taggart. Um, and I think they loved him as a person, but, th- but they also wanted to win. And that didn't work out. So I think they lost trust in, in Coach Taggart as a coach, as a football X's and O's guy. 
And now you, you hear you got Mike Norvell coming in. And let me address my tweet as well. When I said I don't think he's going to lose his job, I think people that look at that from a national perspective would be like, yeah, of course not. I was more speaking to the to the FSU fan base, the hardcore FSU fan base that, you know, within any fan base, you have the extremists. So you do have some people saying that he, you know, maybe it's his job. Some people worrying if, if he's going to lose his job. So I was really just talking to those people. I, I, I don't think from a from an outsider's perspective, it's a fireable offense. Um, but it is something that comes to trust. And with a team that has lost trust in in a few coaches recently, this is a hurdle that he's going to have to kind of navigate right now. Well, it's really interesting you talk about three coaches in three seasons. Marvin Wilson signed with Jimbo Fisher. And right. a lot a lot has changed there. So I, you can't really blame him, especially mm-hmm. not now for, for speaking up. I was, I was pleased that it prompted some, some action and, and maybe things will be better going forward just because of it. So, Josh, thanks for coming on. This was really good stuff. Yeah, you know how the news cycle goes. I, I think if you check Twitter, there's another one that you're you're going to be yeah. chasing down here soon. Absolutely. It's going to be that way the next few weeks. I'm fully expecting it to be pretty wild. All right, Trey. Appreciate you. All right. That was Josh Newberg. Thanks again to him for joining us. And as he said, there's a lot going on right now. And I think he probably meant Jake Fromm's big no-no. And you can Google that. We're going to leave it to a Buffalo Bills podcast to cover. It's not our realm anymore. But what I want to keep talking about is this. And coming up after the break, Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, as promised, is going to fill us in on Brennan Eagles on Texas and a team meeting earlier this week in which a boycott was among the topics of conversation. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, bringing in Chip Brown right now. Chip kind of already told everybody about Brennan Eagles and his statement that he posted Wednesday night. He said he's not going to play another snap, and I don't know if that's indefinite or what, uh, knowing what's going on in our society due to color and the system being broken. So what can you tell me about this statement and about whether it caught the staff off guard. And, and I read you, you guys did a really good job over at Horns 24 seven this morning or Thursday morning with, with a, a full in-depth report about this and that this isn't the first time that there's been some mention of a, of a boycott, if you will. Right. You know, this is just such a, a critical time. And I think Tom Herman learned that firsthand Chris Del Conte from, from what we're told was also on this, uh, team meeting zoom call on Monday that was scheduled for an hour and went to three hours as it just turned into a, a family conversation uh, is how it was described to me. Um, obviously the black student athletes on the, on the football team uh, expressing their feelings about the, the murder of George Floyd in the aftermath, the protests over the weekend and then how, um, 
you know, their white brothers and sisters were reacting to the protests. And, and there's an unbelievable level of sensitivity among, you know, black student athletes all over the country. I mean, Trey, we're, we're looking at Marvin Wilson at Florida state. We're looking at Brennan Eagles at Texas, but don't be surprised if this continues. I mean, if more and more student athletes, if they, if they feel any kind of disconnect between um, their campus, their coach, their boosters, and if, if they feel like they're seen in those communities as a football player first and not a black man first, I get the feeling you're going to see a lot of um, black student athletes say, okay, then I'm, I'm, for me to get the point across to you, my white brothers and sisters, I'm going to take myself out of being a football player so that you see me as a black man. And, you know, this is such an important time in our country's timeline because, um, I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, George Floyd uh, murdered by a white police officer right in front of all of us for nine minutes as people were begging him, George Floyd, begging him, please, I can't breathe. And everyone's saying, check his pulse. I mean, it, it's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. And I think, you know, in talking to Leonard Moore, the vice president at Texas for diversity and engagement, he said, don't forget, these kids are the Black Lives Matter generation. I mean, they know everything about Colin Kaepernick. They know, um, you know, about the Black Lives Matter timeline, all the black deaths caused by police, um, you know, from Eric Garner to Michael Brown to Tamir Rice, Walter Scott, Alton Sterling, um, you know, Flindro Castile, you, you name it, um, Breonna Taylor to George Floyd. They know the details of those situations and, and they're tired. They're exhausted. They're waiting for help. And the good cops want the bad cops off the street. No, no good cop wants to go on a 911 call with a, a police officer they think is going to get triggered in a, in a trouble spot um, in a minority community. And these are the conversations that, that Brennan Eagles and, and Marvin Wilson want to be having. They don't want to be seen as just a football player right now. That's insulting. I thought Tom Herman hit the nail on the head uh, this week. He told the Austin American Statesman, he basically said, our white boosters uh, need to see our, our black student athletes as human beings. Don't ask them about the team. Don't ask them about their stats or how they think the team's going to do against LSU on September 12th. That's insulting. This is life and death in the black community right now. They're tired of it. They're, and they should be. Absolutely. Um, and there's no assurance that Brennan Eagles is going to play football this year. Right now, the, the Texas football family is saying, hey, we're here for you, but we want you to have everything you need, time to sort it out. And Trey, don't forget, the kids are at home. So they've they got time to think. they got time to, to ponder all of this. They're watching a lot of TV. If, if they were sort of in the groove of the summer workout program, and, and, and I'm not saying that that would distract them from George Floyd being murdered. I'm not saying that at all, but you know, they're in their communities right now and they are, they're really, really um, thinking things over. And, and so there's no assurance that Brennan Eagles is going to play football. Texas 
um, this this fall. Now, he moved in to Sam Ellinger's apartment. We mentioned that in the uh, the eyes of Texas, Sam Ellinger is is seen as um, you know a great leader by all of his teammates. There's I'm sure there's some hope among the football coaching staff that uh, hey, you know Sam is the right ear for for Brennan Eagles. Um, but Sam has been living at his mom's. So Brennan's in Sam's apartment that he shares with Cade Brewer and Josh Thompson and some of the other football players. But, you know, that, uh, that is going to, you know, come to an end here at the end of the summer. And, and of course the football players are starting to come back to campus, um, on the eighth to prepare for, for voluntary workouts on the 15th. Chip, you've covered college athletics for a long time, not just at Texas. With all that said, what are your expectations, and not even considering the coronavirus, but what are your expectations for for this fall on a football field and, and how these players, these young players who are hurting, how, how they express themselves, and maybe it is a boycott. I would imagine that there's a certain level of, of protests that happens um, similar to what we saw in the NFL a few years ago. Uh, You know, when, when there was the first few weeks of the season, 2017, the kneeling was, was accepted for a week or two. And then quickly the owners said, Nope, not happening. I would imagine that there's something similar to that in college football this fall, but at a time where, you know, they, it would be ridiculous for, for someone to right now, I, I think, to get upset at a, at a oh my gosh a play, right like that's not going to happen right. so they're not going to shut it down but we'd be shocked we'd be shocked at this point right if that this if this if if this moment does not carry into the fall i absolutely agree i mean this is so resounding the the 9 minutes of of george floyd's um you know murder in front of all of us on nas- national television and I'd be shocked if we don't see some form of, of, uh, and I don't even like the word protest because it's a plea for help. Um, trying to get that message across. I absolutely think we'll see forms of that. The, the, the plea for help throughout college athletics, throughout pro athletics because of, um, how deep this cut is and it should be disturbing to everyone uh, and, and I think that's the, that's the feeling among the, I know the black student athletes who are on that zoom call at Texas on Monday for three hours, they are that, you know, I was told there were some players who were enraged to the point of looking like they wanted to break things. There were players who were really angry, but calm. There were players who suggested a boycott. Some others said yes. Some, and then a bunch said no. Uh, that's not the answer. We we need to maintain our platform. Um, we need to make this plea for help while maintaining our education, and our scholarship, and it's a it's a complicated. Um, I mean, we thought COVID nineteen was complicated, and it is, and it's evolving and changing, and protocols, and what if you know the certain number of kids test positive? Do you shut this down? What you know? There's all that going on, and and that all means nothing to the black student athletes right now who they're looking you in the eye to see if you get it. And 
they're looking in their coach's eyes. They're looking in their assistant coach's eyes and they want to know who gets it. And, and if you're trying to use this as a PR opportunity, I mean, look at Mike Norvell. He made a mistake by saying every, right. You know, I've been in touch individually with every member of my team and Marvin Wilson's like, no, you haven't. You sent a group text that and Marvin Wilson and some of his teammates are now saying, yeah, we're done for now. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch. And I mean, if you, if you're trying to fake it or you're trying to sound sympathetic, this is a whole new elevation of, of, uh, a plea for help. And, and so, no, I, I think we're in for a, hopefully a ground changing of, of some minds here. What's your sense last one? What's your sense, Chip, and, and, and how coaches are going to handle it, and specifically here in Texas, how they handled the suggestion of a, of a boycott on that Zoom call and how they are maybe internally dealing with the suggestion publicly now by Brennan Eagles that, that a boycott might happen? Well, I was told that um, Tom Herman was very matter-of-fact in saying, um, it is time for us to listen to our our black brothers here, and so that Zoom call was was the black student athletes talking and the white players listening, and and I think it was a wake up call, and and I think Tom Herman is of the belief that he told them use your platforms beyond social media, express your feelings. You know you've earned that platform, use it. And so I think the message to Brennan Eagles right now is we love you. We're here for you. And we'll be here whenever you feel like you want to come to us. And obviously there's hope that once Brennan, if, you know, if he's coming back to campus and, and all that, that once he gets around his teammates, he'll realize that's a family too. And that, the messaging, the plea for help can work maybe more effectively as a, as an entire football team. But that's all remains to be seen. There are no assurances right now um, that Brennan Eagles, the, the leading returning receiver for Texas, um, is going to play football this fall. Chip Brown, Horns 24-7. Thanks for joining us, Chip. All right, Trey. Anytime. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode of the college football daily jam-packed episode i must say if you appreciate what we're doing please express your support by you guessed it a five-star rating on apple podcast if you have a question if you have a comment if you have something you think we should talk about leave us a review on apple podcast with that subject matter we have a lot of good ideas recently i promise we're going to get to them this week was crazy i think next week will be along the same lines, crazy as well. So for Josh Newberg, for Chip Brown, for producer Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.